Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. One of our listeners writes in today and they have a great question. Who is the Antichrist and what does the Bible say about him? The word Antichrist, it evokes imagery of the end times, in particular of the book of Revelation. After all, it's in Revelation where we learn about the end game of Satan, along with his unholy trinity, you know, the, the false teacher, the Antichrist, and Satan himself. John the Apostle in 1 John, he wants his readers to understand there, there isn't only an Antichrist that is in the future, but that there are Antichrists now. The Antichrist John speaks of in 1 John 2.22 are those that deny Jesus is the Christ. These false teachers deny the Son and thus the Father because of the full identity of the life and the purpose shared by the Father and the Son. The shared life by the Father and the Son is a life manifested to the people of God in Christ alone, proclaimed to them in the gospel, and promised to all who believe in Christ alone. Since Jesus is the Christ, our eternal life is sure in him. In 2 John 7, John says this, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is a deceiver and an antichrist. 1 John 4, 2-3 helps us understand that only those who confess the Son, Jesus, and the Incarnation are those who come from God. Those who do not confess that Jesus is the Christ and the Incarnation are antichrists. 1 John 2, 22 says, Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. In 1 John two eighteen, we read, Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming, and so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. There's only four references to Antichrist in the Bible. I just read you all of them. The frequency of references doesn't mean that it is insignificant, nor does it mean that these Antichrists will be representative of the diabolical Antichrist in Revelation 13, 1-10, or the man of lawlessness in 2 Thessalonians 2-3. From Serenthius in the 2nd century to Joseph Smith in the 19th century, and from the earliest Arians to Jehovah's Witnesses today, Christians face challenges to the deity of Jesus Christ on all sides. Christians should not be offended to, to see these significant religions under the Antichrist categories or to say that the fight is with them. Our real spiritual battle is not with flesh and blood and people are not opponents to be one. Instead, we preach the gospel faithfully from the word and we make disciples of all the nations. We also contend for the faith once and for all delivered to the saints by speaking the truth in love. 1 John teaches that there will be those who fall away from the faith and abandon orthodoxy. These people are those who have been made made empty professors of faith. They never possess true and saving faith. Those born of the Lord and by the Holy Spirit will by grace persevere uh, till the end. 1 John 2.19 applies to all who deny faith in the local church. It is the leaving of the the false teachers, though, that prompts John's writing of this particular verse. False teachers were those uh, many antichrists who will come. While we await the day of the the final antichrist today, we have lesser antichrists who will come beforehand who are here now. These antichrists are liars, and those who possess eternal life are those who recognize when and where the spirit of, of the antichrist occurs. 1 John 2.22 teaches that Christians, that that the one who denies that Jesus is a Christ is a liar and an antichrist. 
in view here is is denial of the faith that once and for all delivered to the saints is not only a denial of Jesus the Messiah, but of the Incarnation. The Incarnation is critical to biblical orthodoxy. It's an important way for Christians to be assured of salvation. False teachers John is countering accepted the view of Serentius, who, who called Jesus the Christ, but he denied the apostolic definition of the title. Instead of seeing the Christ as the eternal Son of God, who became the incarnate, followers of Serentius were convinced Jesus was a mere man, his entire life only possessing the spirit of the Christ. Well, Muslims today call Jesus the Christ, but they deny the incarnation. 1 John 2, 23 teaches that to call Jesus the Christ means we must accept the apostolic testimony about his person. To fail accept his person is to reject the totality of his work. Many today sing praises to the Lord Jesus, but they deny critical biblical truth about his person and his work, including the deity of Christ and his substitutionary work. When Christians confess biblical truth, we are affirming the Messiah is no mere man, but the incarnate Son of God. John wrote 1 John towards the end of the first century to help his audience and the people of God today to be assured of their salvation. False teachers had come to the church and they, they had tried to tempt genuine Christians to abandon the faith. These teachers had caused some to doubt the faith, and so John aims to correct the errors of these teachers by giving three tests to determine the authenticity of their faith. These tests are belief in the incarnation, holy living, and love, 1 John 1, 1 through 1-5 tells us. Now, if someone denies that Jesus is the Son of God and the Incarnate, then they have the spirit of the Antichrist. Christians are those who walk in the light, not in darkness. This isn't perfectionism. It means that they have their hearts set on obedience to the gospel. Such Christians eagerly admit their sin when they learn of it and they flee to Christ for forgiveness. Genuine Christians love God rather than the world, and they love their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. John in, in 1 John 2, 28-21-9 gives the mark of the holiness of those who are born again. In 1 John 2, 28, John teaches for the second time in his letter that his readers and Christians today must abide in Jesus. To abide in Jesus according to 1 John 2, 28, it refers to the practice of personal righteousness to which 1 John 2, 27 emphasizes the foundation of when it, when it says that to abide in Christ is to believe apostolic doctrine. See, biblical doctrine informs right living, and right living corroborates with biblical doctrine. The personal righteousness John is speaking of assures the people of God of their salvation because it reflects the character of God the Father. In in 1 John 2.29, John uses the word him, which is a reference to God the Father. It is only those who practice righteousness who have been born of God. Just as children resemble their parents, so too there will be a resemblance between the Father and his children in the Heavenly Father. In 1 John 2.28, it helps readers to understand that Christians will not be ashamed at the second coming if they abide in Christ alone. Our efforts do not get us into heaven, but they do reflect that we have been born of God. And furthermore, they give confidence to Christians, knowing that they are in him and he in them. If you're not confident today of the final judgment, ask yourself today if you neglect the righteousness of God. If so, repent and, and endeavor to walk in holiness, just as God is holy. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.